Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Widows, directed by Steve McQueen and released in 2018. The plot of the movie goes something like this. A group of women carry out a heist to pay off the debt left behind when their husband's criminal activities go horribly wrong. So as we've been doing lately, we're going to do a little spoiler-free section at the beginning to tell you guys whether or not you should see Widows. Um, yeah, it's pretty fun, but not quite as fun as I thought it was going to be, but still a good heist. It's, it's kind of an arty heist movie. Mm. Um, Steve McQueen is, is generally a pretty arty director. The actors in this are top-notch and, um, you know, it's a bit more fun than his usual fare. So, yeah, I think it's worth watching. It wasn't quite as quite what I was expecting, but also uh, I did quite enjoy it. Yeah, it's a little grittier and longer than I was expecting, but I still thought it was really great. I just thought it could be maybe trimmed a little bit and made a little bit more kind of, especially after the opening, which is really, really like got that a lot of energy behind it. And then it Mm -hmm. kind of gets bogged down in all its different storylines, I think at some point, but overall definitely one of the better movies I've seen this year. And that cast, man, they're great. And like a lot, and it's really well written too. Like a lot of really good lines, a lot of really interesting commentary. Mm -hmm. That's not like, really overt commentary it's not like black Klansman kind of stuff mm. it's a lot more built into the fabric of the film mm. but really interesting mm-hmm. um and i i enjoyed that a lot and just terrific cast doing really good work so yeah it's yeah. definitely still and and a lot of good people behind the camera too so yeah. i still really enjoyed it i thought it was really good but um it's just a lot longer than i think it needed to be mm. yeah a viola davis as the lead is so great but um, everybody like her yeah. um I love Cynthia Erivo. Yeah, um, and um, Elizabeth Debicki yep. was really good in this. Um, Colin Farrell, I thought, was killing it in this. He mm-hmm. was so good. Michelle um, Rodriguez. Daniel Kaluuya so scary and and just intense in it. And mm-hmm. he's really like just a lot of people really firing on all engines, yeah yeah on all cylinders. Yeah, no, yeah. really, really good. And like people that you recognize from television popping up in small parts, like mm-hmm. um, Garrett Till- Dillahunt and. Um, uh, John Michael Hill from Elementary, who does a really good turn as a preacher, um, which I oh, wasn't that's expecting. Who that was yeah, I yeah, Detective Bell. Him. He was good. He was so good. Yeah. Um, and like, there's a few people I think got opportunities in this film that don't normally get them, and and yeah, that was really cool. Um, so yeah, I think I think this was quite good. I don't really know that I can say much more without spoiling people and I'd rather people go into it as unspoiled as possible. I mean, it's, you know, you can know it's a heist movie and it's a group of widows, but yeah, best not to know too much more about it. So yeah, if you haven't seen Widows and you don't want to be spoiled, uh, pause the podcast now and come back when you have. Yeah. So yeah, (laughs) trying to figure out where to start with this. We only just saw it today. Um, Yeah. Well, one of the things that really struck me is that it's got a very distinctive visual style yeah um i thought that uh mcqueen is doing a lot of interesting stuff with the visuals and he's doing it quite well like the way he uses faces and people's faces and real close really extreme close-ups in a very particular way to create a mood is really cool that he does a couple of things a couple of really cool shots where he mounts a camera on a car bonnet oh yeah that was cool that yeah where, where um colin farrell's car drives through chicago from like the worst part to the best part yeah of while the, he's of bitching the, about the district. his life yeah um but and then it repeats at the end with uh, viola davis driving as well yeah a similar kind of thing but he just does some really cool visual stuff he does but i thought the whole movie was pretty well shot like it's mm-hmm. never you know 
that kind of over over two shot boring like no. and, and thing. It's all really quite like there's a lot of thought put into the way everything was shot. Well, I, I think um, you were talking before about how the commentary is built into the fabric of the film. So like Cynthia Erivo's character is a hairdresser and particularly a black hairdresser. Yeah. And she's introduced in the very midst of someone's hair mm. that she's doing. It's not like it draws your attention to it, but it's not saying it in an overt way. It's just giving you part of the fabric of who she is. Yeah. And what um, something that's a particularly black experience. Mm. Yeah, and um, my my first note on Cynthia Revo after yay Cynthia Revo is wow she's the buffest hairdresser in history. She is so jacked in this movie. I mean, Viola Davis is too, especially by the end where she opens the car boot and yeah. like her arms and she's in the sports bra. Like holy crap! But I've written on multiple occasions in my notes. I've written, oh, look at her arms. Oh, look at her shoulders. Well, it's 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 unusual for Michelle Rodriguez to be one of the less jacked people. <laughs> Like I know in a movie, you know, and yet in this one she is. Um, I was almost excited for Michelle Rodriguez in this because she actually isn't like she's not playing the tough girl in this movie. Like she's mm. she's tough. She's clearly very tough, but also she owns a shop that sends, sells quinceanera dresses, and she's you know this mum who drives a Subaru. Yeah, it's. I thought it was kind of nice to have a bit more depth to her. Yeah, I thought that was nice too. Although she still is the like. Um, she kind of reminded me of Gina Rodriguez in mm. um in Annihilation, where she's like the doubter and the grumpy one and mm. all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, oh, is this the new Latina thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this what they're doing? They're I like, did, she, you right? She did make me think of of Gina Rodriguez. Yeah, in that, like that movie. Yeah, to try and avoid certain stereotypes, they seem to be pushed into new ones. Yeah, but um, she did get more to do than she often does, at least. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that really Elizabeth Debicki, who's always good, um, she had kind of the best storyline in this. Like, goes from being very helpless to like discovering her own abilities and her own skills and not wanting to be mm. um treated badly anymore yeah. um which i really liked um i thought she had a really good storyline and god she looks amazing she's i mean so... they all look amazing and, but... and well she also she's so tall like she just walks into that bar to meet lucas Haas for the first time and yes. she looks like a supermodel yeah but also like she, I wrote, did write down that I love how tall she is a few times. But yeah, like, it, but, and then at other, but then that's sort of like that's that's where she would fit in. But then, like, you see her at the gun show and yeah. the auction and stuff, and she's still tall and blonde and willowy. And like watching her blend into that crowd, but also being completely unable to blend into that crowd. Yeah, and the, the, also the way the camera can like pick her out of a crowd and stuff yeah. is really cool. But yeah, I, I just thought she did a really good job, and they used her so well in this mm. um i also did kind of find it funny that jackie weaver was playing her mother and i was sitting there going look it's two australian americans well, <laughs> like yeah, that was also i also had quite a bit of fun when um colin farrell and liam neeson were together on that front yeah the irish guys yeah I, well the thing is colin farrell was really kind of leaning into like an irish american politician thing so he could kind of use some of his natural accent to I, yeah, inform I thought, the american accent which yeah. worked really well and he was doing a very distinct kind of Chicago accent yeah. too. He, yeah, no, he was really good. I thought um, he always he's so reliable. He is, but he I thought he was. Um, I just appreciated his role in this because the first meeting that we have with him and Jamal, the um, his opponent in the Alderman race. Mm makes it seem very much like Colin Farrell's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. And Jamal is the good guy. Uh-huh. But ultimately neither of them is like the good guy. Yeah. But 
if anybody is, Colin Farrell kind of is a little more than... It plays with your expectations. Exactly. And it's like, it's kind of like this everybody's got their hands dirty thing, but he got stuck with it. Mm. Like he just doesn't have any way out. Yeah. Or uh, Colin Farrell doesn't have any way out or know how to get out. Um, Jamal, I don't know the actor who plays him, is... um Oh, he's... he's- breaking that kid um i've got yeah. to, I'll, i look up his name because he's there's been a couple of he's had a gq piece and stuff about him so okay. while you talk about him i'll look him um, up but yeah so he um is kind of manipulating his way into it because he wants the kind of life that colin farrell has <clears throat> but colin farrell who was born into this life and just can't seem to get out of it yeah like he's just stuck with all the crime and all the garbage that his dad has left him. Yeah. Um, and God, he and Robert Duvall are so good in this. Like their mm. scenes together are so good. Robert Duvall is so kind of both petty and useless, but also really still powerful. Mm, that um, last scene in his office yeah, where he finally yells at him. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah. So powerful. Um, Brian Tyree Henry, by the way, is the actor who plays yeah, Jamal. Yeah, I have heard of him before. Yeah, so he's really breaking at the moment, Jamal Manning. But, I, yeah, I love the way it, it plays around with all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And speaking of um, um, Jamal, man, Daniel Kaluuya is so f- freaking scary as his brother in this. Mm. Like, he's so scary yeah. um, and so brutal and so, like, in- like, he uses all that intensity that was that he used to, like, you know, get people on his side and get out. Mm to completely put you off him in this yeah, like those eyes just, man. Oh, freaky <laughs> yeah um, and and he's terrifying and it sets up sets it up really early when you know two of his own crew let him down and he just shoots him yes and then he tells the other one while to, they're rapping yep tells the other one to run and then shoots him as he runs away like he is ruthless yeah awful person um but yeah. i did also really he also gets a couple laughs like when he put the gum on the confederate statue yeah, and yeah. stuff was really funny I, I, that was such a great shot at um liam neeson's funeral uh, yeah. he, the brothers leaning on the confederate statue yeah that was so great um but they were they did that to um the, the little wave and the sticking the gum on was that aimed at um colin farrell um, but, yeah no i nearly said colin farrell's funeral i'm like nope he no. doesn't have a funeral um and also when brian tyree henry goes to Viola Davis's house. Jamal goes to Ver- yeah. Veronica's, Veronica's house. house. Yeah, and like and picks up the dog. <laughs> so scary. It's, it's so one upsetting. of the most tense scenes I've ever been through because you're worried about the dog yeah. the whole time. Yeah, that, that that's an excellent use of a bit with a dog. That yes. whole thing, and also the way she carries the dog around. Like she doesn't always take the dog with her places necessarily, but when she does, it always means something. But you notice she doesn't do it. Like she doesn't do it before he he threatens the dog, and then as soon as he threatens the dog, she's like, nope. She's coming with me everywhere I go. Yeah, yeah. But there's also there's certain times like this movie is the story is so well told. Everything that gets set up comes back again. So mm. like they they go to the hideout and the dog smells Liam Neeson's jacket and starts barking and then later on when they go to Liam Neeson's mistress's house and he's hiding in the other room and the dog starts barking, mm. you know, it sets it off but like um, and then- Michelle Rodriguez's kids use voice changes that they then use yeah. in the heist. Like very very clever, but there's and there's also a bit with the dog where the other three are in are putting dirt into Tupperware to kind mm-hmm. of practice running with money and um, they're bitching about her and she kind of appears around the corner of the van holding the dog and she's dressed in black and the dog is is white. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like a, a Bond villain with its yes. cat. Yeah, exactly. But then like the reasons for it are really clear and stuff. Mm. But um, with the, the mistress thing as well, which like – you know, right, when the dog starts barking, you're like, oh, 
he's still alive. Mm. And then the audience <laughs> that we were with, the um, Carrie Coon goes in and opens the door and Liam Neeson's sitting on the bed and they were like, <gasps> well, they, also, like, they, show the hip, they show his hip flask. Yeah, I know. But I, I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes it's nice to be surprised. Like you're, you're like, oh, these people are gullible, but also like they're just going with the story and you're supposed to be surprised at that point. Like that's that shot is set up to surprise the audience. They were having fun. I do. I know, but it's, it's, it's not even really about them. It's more about like, I've been, I just see so many movies, you know, and we're uh. just so like primed but, but for everything they, they that did, you're just already. Uh, but they said, I mean, they set it up pretty yeah. clearly because that dog is incredibly well behaved, as you say. Well, yeah. I mean, you have possibly one of the worst behaved dogs in the world, but <laughs> true. Um, that dog is incredibly well behaved and she only like barks and scratches at one thing. Yeah. Like I, one of her parents, basically, she, she briefly um, scratches at um, Viola Davis's door to be taken out, but like she doesn't, fuss right we know we've set that up but then also viola davis and the hip flask which yeah. they make a big thing of at the start and then we see again another time like it's a big oh i think we see it again after that okay so i want to talk about the opening of this movie because i feel like the opening was so good and so cool and then kind of lost a lot of that energy as the movie mm. went on because it's it starts in these really short sharp scenes mm. and it's intercut and it we introduce get introduced to the main characters while also flashing to the heist the mm. crime mm. that starts it when they steal when jamal's the money die the hus- yeah the men steal jamal's money and um die in the big explosion which was such a good explosion by the way and that was a really good car chase scene and mm. everything too so like and I was like, oh, yeah, so much energy and action and stuff. And then we don't get any of that again till the very end. And then the actual heist is so brief. So I was kind of disappointed that yeah. there wasn't a bit more of that kind of thing. And it was so much more of like just a character piece. And I appreciate yeah. that we go on the journey with these characters. But I would have liked a little more of that stuff. Yeah, I was expecting more heist as well. And that opening scene is such a lesson in narrative economy. Because yeah. it opens with like – really intense kissing on the bed scene between Viola Davis and Liam Neeson, right? Mm. And then so you and you get introduced to each of the main or the four couples. Um Carrie Coon obviously has a different role, but you see them each with their partner um yeah. in a really, really sort of short way. Like then we go to Michelle Rodriguez in the dress shop where and he discovering, you know, this useless guy who is always taking money off her. And then you go to Elizabeth Debicki who's been beaten up by the Punisher. And then you go to Carrie Coon who has Poor John Bernthal. Who's struggling. I couldn't remember his name. I was like, oh the Earth's Punisher. Um and then you go to Carrie Coon who's struggling like as a new mom and the husband mm. is like, oh yeah, whatever and just get and you know, I'm gonna run off and do this job. So it's a real like you, you see that the you know their lives are kind of are a certain way beforehand, but it's all flashed through in like you know a few minutes, mm. really really quickly, and it's just really well done. Yeah, the way that they do that he does exposition is so good in those bits. Mm. But then we have to go through like every single moment of the rest of it. And I also thought that it could have been fun to have more montage training for the heist stuff. Yeah, because that was really fun and cut down a little bit on the. I, I I don't feel like we need to know the minutiae of everybody's lives all the time. No, no. To the extent that we do, you know. Yeah, and we get so much time with the bad guys too, which like the bad it's they're really well done mm. bad guys and everything. And man, like Daniel Kaluuya really shows you what you can get out of a good actor if you put him in like a thug role, like yeah. a you know a heavy role. Um, well, I, I also think probably also what you can get out of a thug part if the director is also black. Like yes. you know, it's not going to be a cliche. 
exactly. But also, like, I was thinking back to Skyscraper and the very, very bland bad guy in that mm. and, like, how, you know, you could really do something with that if you had better actors and stuff. Mm-hmm. The scene where he's, like, driving away with their money as well is so great. So good. Um, but then, like, there's certain moments where I'm like, I know Viola Davis is a good actor, but I don't need to see her just acting by herself again Yeah, in like there's, scene. there's a lot of, yeah, her grief stuff mm. um, that kind of takes up a bit more time than it probably needs to, especially when there's just so much, like, cool, clever stuff Exactly. In there. Like, yeah, just – I think I felt like this about 12 Years a Slave as well, where yeah. I was like, it's just too much. Just, like, maybe rein it in a little. Well, then that's the other thing. There's so much going on in this yeah. movie. So much. And I like it. And we understand everything that's going on and stuff, but I they, I think we could have also understood it with a little less time on it's each a, It's thing. a novel problem, too, because it, at the end it's written by Gillian Flynn, for one, but it's actually based on a Linda LaPlante novel. Mm. And so that's a problem – the last few novel adaptations we've watched, this um, or novel or things written by novelists, sorry, this and then um, the Fantastic Beasts sequel and Crazy Rich Asians, all of them have that novel problem of just too much, trying to cram too much in there. Like you yeah, could have I think streamlined this one a bit. Balanced it a lot better than the other oh, ones we've way, seen. Way, way better. But at the same time, like we could have got it without all of the – it's just a lot of information mm. um, to take in all the time, you know. But, man, like, yeah, we do get to have a lot of really fun scenes that are really good. Yeah. And and some of the – the just the writing, like some of the lines, especially after seeing Boy Erased yesterday, yeah. which had some real stinkers in terms of the lines. And this one says um, – there's lines like, I always thought it should burn in hell, but Chicago will do. Mm. Um, and things like that where that are just really like clever, quippy, heisty movie lines. Mm. Yeah. I never thought I'd marry a white man or a criminal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then the other ones. Cynthia Revo has some good ones as well. She's oh, quite and fun. there is in the um in the hair salon, there's a sign for eyebrow arching available. And I, was, and I know it's like meant to be beauty treatment, but I also was like that is deliberately <laughs> framed in shot, I'm sure. Um, the moment when Viola Davis confronts Colin Farrell and she's like, when's the last time you saw my husband? And he goes, before he died. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's really kind of funny way that we all know by this stage that he's yep. still alive. I thought if that had happened before we knew that he was still alive, it would have been even better. But as it was, it was still really good. It was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like moving a few things around might have made it a little bit yeah, cause I- less – there's a there's just a lot of it where it gets a bit stodgy yeah and a bit hard to watch and like elizabeth debicki's parts almost lifted up because she's getting to do something for the heist mm. like she's going in and pretending to be you know this eastern european um mm. mail order bride in order to get the, like the guns, guns. Help someone, yeah. help someone help and her get the guns she's got, stuff. got this she's... random male friend helping her buy a car random but... male friend this uh he's um Oh, right. The the guy at the car auction. I don't think he was a friend. I think he was just like somebody in the audience. In the Oh, I just assumed she was, he was somebody she knew she'd taken along to buy the van. Oh, I didn't think that at um, all. I thought she'd met him yeah, there. But also and, 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 and like trying help. to get Lucas Haas to read the blueprints and all that stuff. I actually thought Lucas Haas was really good in this too. Mm, um, her, so he's sugar been daddy. popping up a bit recently mm. and I'm interested <laughs> yeah, in yeah. him as an adult actor. Yeah, um, it was interesting. And and. Yeah, she was always really good. She's just very sort of sparkly to watch. Um, yeah. Always. But also, like, she 
um, everybody's so put upon mm. in this movie and she is actually coming alive in this movie. She's always been mm. abused by her mother and her husband and stuff and now she's getting to do things on her own and she's discovering mm. that she's quite capable yeah. and I appreciated Whereas that a lot. Everybody else is reluctantly dragged into this. Right. Um, uh, well, no, I mean, Belle just kind of goes, Cynthia okay. Oh, man. When Cynthia Revo arrives and like faces off with Viola Davis, mm. I was like, oh, these two should be in every movie together. Yes. Like the, she's just not taking any shit. Like is, I can speak for myself. Is there anything Cynthia Revo cannot do? I don't know, but God, like I, I want to take a picture of her along to my trainer and be like, what do we need to do to get this jacked? But she's, but she's like fit. I mean, you have to be super fit to be a Broadway performer because it's eight shows a week dancing and singing at the same time. I get that. Well, but, yeah, like, but I she's mean, a dancer, a singer, an actor. Kayla Settle is also a Broadway performer who I love well, and yeah, doesn't I mean, look you, like Cynthia either. True, you know? but, like, well, she's probably really fit still, like, mm. having to be able to sing and dance like that. Um, but she, but she's she doesn't, not jacked like Cynthia No, Revo. because getting jacked involves, like, serious adjustments to your diet as well yeah. and, you know, genetics, the right genetics to yeah, get jacked. a lot of stuff. Um, but... Yeah, and the singing, the acting, the the running. Oh. But that, like, that's what I mean. She's, like, boxing and doing, like, parkour almost and yeah. a flawless American accent while also, like, and we know she can sing. And the role in this, like, she's been in two movies, two movies, mm. and her role could not be more different in the two mm. movies, you know? Like, um, her role in Bad Times at the Oriole was so kind of – she was like an innocent and she was so mm. like feminine and girly and and yeah. a singer and and very different yeah. to like Belle in this who was like he's quite butch quite tough and and you know um and trying to manage everything in her mm. life and very and gay as well buff um, is she i assumed that the woman at her house was her wife it was her mother or partner well the other woman who was about the same age as her it's who her was mother. With the children oh was it yeah she says so several times. Oh, they look like a similar age. I just no, figured they were married. Because it's, um, her, it's her mother. She talks to right, her, right. The, the kid on the phone. She says, Nana, Grandma's looking after you. She goes oh, right. back. and Which is, yeah. b- by the way, something else that I actually liked about this is that when you have women do a heist, you have different problems, like childcare mm. becomes a, a more of an issue. Um, and, and I liked that that was sort of woven in there as well. And, and like – um, Michelle Rodriguez packs the kids off to her terrible mother-in-law because, like, she's got stuff to do, but also, yeah, that that sort of solving childcare problem yeah. is, is a thing. And it came back at the end because, of course, like Colin Farrell, like as a politician, one of his announcements is about minority women-owned businesses, and in reality, it's really shit because basically white men have floated all the money and it's leaving all these women in horrible amounts of debt. Mm-hmm. But at the end, minority women go and hand out money to business, like then either buy back their own business or hand out money to the hairdresser or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just shows that like minority owned women business initiatives should always be controlled by minority women. <laughs> they know what to do with their own money. Yes. And also your money by stealing white men's money by stealing it from them and yeah. going and just redistributing it. That's right. Um, yeah, the, it, that's right. They, they are, steal they money are. from Colin Farrell to put it back into the minority owned businesses of South Chicago. They are minority women, Peter Pan. Mm. Yeah. Taking the money from the rich people who took it from them yeah. in the first place, and, and well, yeah, and, and they, I mean, even with um, with Viola Davis, like she's from the teachers' union, so she wouldn't have a lifestyle like she does without you know Liam Neeson, the white man. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that was um, as much as I really liked a lot of the things in this movie and the politics and stuff, I really felt like them having a son who was shot was kind of overkill. Like mm. they could have done that with a different 
in a different place with a different character. It just felt like an extra thing that wasn't necessary. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a thing that happens in Chicago, but it also was like another thing that just to pile on for this poor woman. And he, he, we never saw him. He's only in that one scene where we see Mm. him die. Like we don't know. We hear the impact of that doesn't seem to affect this movie as much as it, yeah. could you know it, it it just seems really unnecessary to have yeah. mm. as a story as a part of the story it's yeah. like it's so kind of it just been, an extra thing yeah and it would have been fine without it and she could easily have been motivated by the husband's death and the fact that he left a stifter with this horrible debt yeah so like that would have been enough motivation she didn't need the extra tragedy in there yeah i feel like that was more um political point scoring than mm. necessary to the plot or characterization in any way. Yep. Um, I just didn't feel like that part was – I felt like that was a bit unne- – it, mm. not that it's, like, not affecting, but that it is just an extra thing that we have on mm. top of all the other stuff in this movie. Yeah. Like Michelle Rodriguez's step um, mother-in-law. Horrible I was like, we yeah. probably don't need to know that. No. Like, that's probably not – doesn't add any value here. Yeah. We probably don't need that scene on top of everything else no. that we're going no. – that we're having have, go on in this movie, you know? Yeah. Um, and I also don't know how much, like Michelle Rodriguez, I think gets kind of stiffed on the arc front. Mm. Like she doesn't get as much of an arc as everybody else. The no. shop's taken away from she her was, and then she gets yeah, it back. That's right. Cause she was already like someone who had a bit of moxie about her yeah. beforehand. Also, um, so thought she was the one who got shot in the heist. I was, I didn't, yeah, this was a problem actually with the way that heist was shot. I didn't, yeah, I thought she got shot because somebody gets shot and then they show her eyes up close yeah and then like and and the the, the sound of the breathing mm. um becoming ragged or whatever and then also robert duvall has been shot too and like yeah and we didn't and know. it was really cool well, I, like he shoots elizabeth Dubicki, but then someone she maybe gina gina rodriguez michelle rodriguez shot him i guess yeah it was really confusing and i couldn't tell what was going on there yeah it must and then viola davis goes and gets the gun She's like, give me the gun and stuff. But I thought the mm. person she was talking to was Elizabeth Debicki. Elizabeth Debicki had accidentally shot. Yeah, yeah. And um, then she and gets... then Michelle Rodriguez was the one underneath yeah. Robert Duval, and she gets the gun off Robert Duval, and then he collapses. On yeah, yeah. It was weird. The whole thing. I until they get get out at the hospital, and Michelle Rodriguez takes Elizabeth Debicki to the hospital. I didn't know who'd yeah. gotten shot. Yeah, that was. A, and that's I, the last we see of them. Too. Oh no, we don't. We see I, her with, at the shop. That's yes. Right. Um, I am a little disappointed that there wasn't more heist. I think that's my biggest problem yeah, with this movie. I, I genuinely thought this was going to be more of a heist. I love heist movies. And I, know. I love putting them together. And so I wanted more of them planning it. I wanted more of them training for it, mm. um, them practicing doing things that would help them with the heist. Yeah, yeah. And then more heist. And overcoming the problems of, you know, caring and dog sitting and, you know, all that. Like that stuff is interesting. The logistics of a heist are interesting to me. Like yes. how do you find this out? How do we solve the puzzle? And that's when the movie was exciting too. Mm. Like when they were trying to, you know, Michelle Rodriguez has about three seconds of trying to figure out where that blueprint came from. She Mm. couldn't do it, which was interesting that she's not good at it, you know? And Elizabeth Debicki turns out to be really good at it um, and stuff. And then Viola Davis is putting her down after that. And she's like, no, I'm good at stuff. I loved that scene. Just because she can't drive, yeah. And the thing is that the plot stuff led to that scene. Yeah. You know, like that that was really cool. I really mm. appreciated that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like more of that stuff would have been fun and lifted the story a little and they could have cut down a bit on all of the – I mean, I, 
a good characterization is really good. It's just yeah. a little much in this. And there's just, a, it's just, you know, mm. kind of a bit of overkill because there's just so much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was my biggest problem with it. I think if they'd cut mm. down on that and done a bit more heisting, it would have definitely been like one of my favorites. It yeah. would have been really great instead of just good. Yeah. Also, <laughs> when Liam Neeson shows up at the end mm. um, to confront Veronica, Ronnie at the car, oh. and the audience was <laughs> Like was shocked when it turned out that Viola Davis had shot Liam Neeson and not the other way around. Yeah, and I was like, of, like of course, like they couldn't possibly do it any other way. Like yeah, like they're not going to kill her. Exactly. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, that was more of a kind of a funny moment than yeah, when yeah. They didn't that figure was it out silly. Earlier. I was yeah. like, but they can't. It had to be that. She's the hero, guys. Not um, him. I know you've watched a lot of Liam Neeson movies where he's the hero, but he's not the hero. Yeah, here. and the playing against type was really good. Well, I mean, it even, worked so like, well. Yeah, and at the beginning, like essentially, he's he's bridged right to yeah. further the story. Yeah, and also like the the way that the movie is kind of like widows, but then it turns out for a long time she isn't one, and then she is again at the end. Yeah, <laughs> and also um, there's something I really appreciated about the whole movie that. Viola Davis doesn't actually smile until the very last shot. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's always so away. tense and upset and everything is so hard on her. Mm. And then the very end when she sees Elizabeth Debicki again and she's like, how are you? And she smiles. Yeah. And like, yeah, I liked that yeah, a lot. It, she's behaving like a woman who has been bereaved less than of her spouse less than a month and then her, discovers that said spouse owes $2 million. Yeah. Would behave. Like she is tense. Th- things are hard. People have threatened her dog yeah and i'm not saying that she shouldn't be like like she should Mm. be grinning through the whole thing i'm just saying that i appreciated that like we feel that lightness because it's the first time we've got seen her smile you know we feel the weight lifted and everything it's good and i also like that this movie in spite of being very you know (laughs) women can be violent criminals too um yeah sort of thing and I like that they were all real people. And uh, that's why, again, the Elizabeth Zabicki stuff, when when Lucas Haas was like, I'm giving you this good life. And she's like, you're talking about it like it's your life to give, but it's mine. Mm. It's mine to do with what I want to. You know, and also the sexual empowerment that comes with that stuff was really interesting. I mean, I just loved her storyline. It was so good. She just killed it. Um, And I think that's why when I was talking before about Michelle Rodriguez allowing to uh, being allowed to be rounded, like she loves her kids and she's like, she's clearly into the parenting stuff. And also she's into like pretty dresses and that sort of thing. Like pretty uh, is stretching it, but I'm, that's very the, but that was all very like typical quinceanera stuff. Like that was it's it's it, not you, just the dresses. The whole shop was so tacky to me. Like it was so kind of like yeah. But I liked that there was that side to her. Yes. It was a she was a rounded person. Yeah, all that kind of feminine feminine stuff that you yeah, don't get it, to see often in yeah. association with Michelle Rodriguez. Exactly. And then when she had to, she was going around to the architecture firm and the architect's husband mm. and That's, dressed in her little skirt and her little she, this this pair of heels that she'd obviously dug out for it. Right. That's why I was like. That stuff is so interesting, you know, yeah, a bit yeah. more of that. A bit more of the, like, Veronica Mars stuff where she's going and figuring stuff out. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially with the, the accent and the gun buying bit really reminded me of Veronica Mars and Very the way much. that she did things as, like, this kind of pretty blonde girl mm. reminded me of that. But I, I would have liked a bit more of that because it's, it's, that's where the movie is really fun. Yeah. Maybe not really deep, but really fun. And they have the depth they just could, like, there's a lot of shots of Viola Davis being sad in her house. Yeah, a lot. And I'm like, More we already one. know that she's sad in her house. There's a lot of stuff with that guy in the wheelchair. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I get it. 
Yeah. You know, like, it just seems like we don't need quite this much stuff with all no. of these side characters. Yeah. And the, yeah, then because there's like him and there's the Garrett Dillahunt character, there's all these like side male characters who help her out and then like whatever, have something horrible happen to them. And it's all, it's all just like a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a little too much and they could pull back on some of that and yep. still make a really good, mo- fun movie that has a lot to say. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'll check. I mean, oh, Hans Zimmer wrote the score for this. Yep. I thought that was worth noting. It's quite a good score too. Mm. Um, but he, you know, isn't really associated with these kinds of movies. I think that's one of the really fun things about this movie. You've got so many people who you wouldn't normally see in a movie together. Yeah. You've got like prestige serious drama actors alongside like action movie actors and all these people that you know you don't really get to mix a lot and like various age groups Mm. and all sorts of stuff well viola davis talked about how excited she was um and and this is more to do with like the fact that she's a a dark-skinned black woman with natural hair in this movie Mm. that she's like and liam neeson is my husband and like it shows us you know like maybe not having sex, but like, you know, it shows us as, as being in a loving relationship and all that kind of stuff. She was really excited to mm. do that kind of stuff because it's not what you associate with Viola Davis. Right. And she gets to do that more on TV, but getting to do mm. that in movies is really exciting. And, 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 and yeah, and then Michelle Rodriguez having a cute feminine side and Elizabeth Debicki presenting like a supermodel, but having a lot more depth than that. Um, and Elizabeth Debicki, I think, is often presented as like cold. Mm. You know, yes. and, and I think she's always been great, but she tends to be the kind of cold and, and you know, what Nicole Kidman would have been playing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like well, it's, very... it's almost like the kind of actress we, we export from here, like tall and blonde and a bit aloof. Yes. I personally think Elizabeth Debicki is stronger in a lot of areas than Nicole Kidman is. Yeah, and big time. And in, especially since she's only just starting out really right. still. Yeah. I mean, the, the other person so she gets good. compared to a bit is, is Kate Blanchett. But, yeah, she is extremely strong, I think. And, yeah. less and her a, accent work is better than either yeah. of those. Ladies. Absolutely. And, and she's, I think, a bit less of a <sighs> scenery chewer than Blanchett. Like a bit less kind of – she she can pull focus when she needs to, but also when she doesn't need to – she like she can blend into a crowd. Well, I think Kate Blanchett can do that too mm. if she wants to. She does like sort of quieter work. She just tends not to. She, mm. she does doesn't. a lot more scenery, chewy stuff. Mm. I'm just checking through to see if there's anything that I've missed that was important. Oh, um, that was the other line. The other lines that I really liked were the um, the preacher um, mm. when he was talking about how ignorance is the new normal and people are blissful in their ignorance. Yeah, and I was like oh, wow, that's a really interesting, pertinent message. Mm. And then he talks about loving everybody and then he turns around and, like, is shady behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. A lot of nice trench coats in this. Oh, yeah. Um, Viola Davis's wardrobe and stuff, her rich lady clothes, like there were at least two pairs of earrings, separate pairs of earrings that had diamonds in them that were probably two carats. Mm. Like she could have sold her jewel and then a necklace that also had a big diamond in it and her engagement ring had a huge diamond. Like she could have sold that jewellery and probably like realised maybe half a million dollars like from that. But it's two million that she – Yeah, don't no, I know she has more money can... than that, but – the thing is, like she they she dresses like a really wealthy criminal's yeah. wife, and and there were, it's not really t- talked about, but it, there's a bit of the Carmela Soprano there in that she just doesn't she pretends like she doesn't really know what he does. Like people people say to her, "Did you ever get involved?" And she's like, "No, I wasn't involved in my husband's business." Like she's clearly knows that he does something that makes a lot of money, and she's enjoying the trappings of it, hmm. but she's not like willing to dig into that. Yeah, 
Um, there's another line that I wrote down that was really good. Um, we got a lot of work to do. Crying isn't on the list. Yeah. <laughs> that is great. The moment that the code was upside down was a good little heist yeah, moment. I would have fun. liked more of that kind of stuff. Yeah, those little fun moments were always good. I made a note that Viola Davis has a strange walk. Oh, okay. No, she just kind of has like a slightly awkward walk. Oh. I've noticed it before in a lot of things, actually, um, especially if she's in heels. She kind of like shifts her weight around a lot and like leans forward and oh. it's not – it looks a little uncomfortable and unnatural. Yeah, I don't it's know. completely unrelated to anything, but it's yeah, just okay. who like it's just how Viola Davis walks. Yeah, but when, whenever she's in heels, she just always looks kind of like it's not natural for her, or it's not comfortable, oh. or something. I mean, it or she has isn't, a bad back, or yeah. something. Like hmm. anyway, it's got nothing to do with this movie. No, I think I've gotten pretty much everything. Oh, um, I did think it was interesting that the heist mirrored Harry's heist at the beginning yeah. um, where somebody got shot and things were going wrong and stuff, but they handled it differently. Mm. And the way they handled it differently was by, like, being supportive of each other yeah, rather than, like, every man for himself, which is what Harry ended up doing, which mm-hmm. is what ended up screwing them over. So, yeah, that was good. They yep. collaborated. That explosion. Front of the, van, the front and the van, back of the van just, like, split. Yes. Yeah. Great. It was really good. Anyway, let's give this movie a rating. Mm. Um, I think I'm going to go for three and a half stars. I am too. I'm sad because I wanted it to be more. Like I really yeah, wanted to go for a like a star. four, four and a half, but it's not well balanced enough. I think it's a lot of pacing and mo- and that novel issue. Mm. Um, yeah. And it could have been. I'm sad that it wasn't really great. Yeah. You know? Oh, I feel a bit like that as well. Okay. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. And if you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.